This is ESPN-UP's Coaches Show, recapping all the action from this week in high school football. Here's your host, Blake Froling. Hey, what's going on, Marquette? It is our first Saturday morning Coaches Show of the high school football season. So glad you could join us. Ryan Steeg from the Mining Journal is in studio with me. How did it feel to have football back? It was nice. Uh, I It was a good night. It was... It, it was a little earlier in the season than it typically is. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody was a little maybe off their game. Yeah. Yeah, a agree. little bit. Um, a lot of the guys are taking stats for a time. Here's a funny thing that happened um, in the Nagani game. Uh, <laughs> time was running out in the first half, and uh, the guy who was operating the clock kept it going. And Nagani spiked the ball because they want to set up mm-hmm. a football. And... They stopped it with like six seconds with spiking the ball, and the guy operating the clock kept the clock going. And I'm pretty sure it was Waterman screaming at the press box, "Stop!" <laughs> so the refs basically made them readjust uh-huh. back to six seconds. But it was so weird because it was just like people weren't really paying attention at some of the games, as you said. Some of the guys who are taking stats at some of the games, decided to stand in the rain instead of in the yeah. press box. So Not a was, good idea. So everybody was a little off. I'm thinking it was just because it was the first week of the year. I mean, yeah, and, it's, uh, a, it's a warm-up for everybody. It's a warm-up. Uh, you know, next week, uh, everybody should be in the swing of things by then, and uh, we should be good. Mm-hmm. So let's get some quick scores before we get into some of the interviews. Uh, go around the local area. Marquette lost to Traverse City St. Francis 42-3. to uh, We had Westwood, our Patriots, beating Houghton 42 to nothing. Iron Mountain beat Nagani, the game you were at, 12-9. to uh, Ishpeming knocked over Manistique 52 to nothing, And Gwynn beat Bark River Harris 36-20 to on the road. So a couple impressive wins there among that group. Very, um, it was an interesting night. You had... Three blowouts and one competitive game and one that was fairly close. Per- fairly close. So it was very wide variety of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's rare that you'll be covering a night and have all five local games be blowouts or all five local games will be really tight games. Right. So it never variety. works that way. Yeah. So. Uh, Here's our lineup for what we've got. In just a sec, we'll, we'll talk about the Westwood game. We'll give you Coach Sergio's interview from last night. Uh, at about 9.10 or so, we'll have Dion Brown from Gwynn calling in. Paul Jacobson from Nagani will call in at about 9.20. At 9.30, we'll have Jeff Olson from Ishpeming. And Dave LaHillier will round it out at 9.50. He's the Marquette head coach. So a little bit of everything here. Let's You'll start, get everything. Yeah. Maybe. Let's start with our Patriots. Okay. A uh, big win. Over Houghton on the road, forty-two to nothing at Michigan Tech. It was an absolute domination. I think it's it's fair to say. Westwood, four hundred and fifty-two rushing yards, fifty passing yards. Houghton had forty rush yards, six passing yards. So both sides of the ball, pretty much. Yes. It. Uh, you know, I thought Westwood would come in have a good year, and they started off with a bang. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I figured they'd win the game. I honestly didn't expect to be that convincingly, especially on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd probably win fairly handedly, but like, what was what do you say, four hundred and fifty, four hundred fifty-two rushing 452 yards, four hundred fifty-two to forty? Yes, yeah, 
I think I think Houghton had maybe three first downs the whole game. Nice as well, and that didn't come until the second half. So things were pretty <laughs> pretty dismal for Houghton for a while. There. I'm uh, Ashton Bergman. I know I had a pretty big night. Mm-hmm. He had a 116 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Our player of the game was Taylor Delangelo. Uh, uh, I was going to mention him, too. A uh, couple touchdowns in there? Or? He did offense, defense, and special teams. He had 184 rushing yards. He had a rushing touchdown. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown, and he had an interception. Well, there you go. So he's like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to put the team on my back and do a little bit of everything. It's kind of like a Charles Woodson in a way. Right. That's, that's a pretty good game there. So let's get to our interview with Coach Sergio. We caught up with him after the game. So we'll now welcome on Coach Scott Sergio of the Westwood Patriots. Once again, 42 nothing. our score. Westwood moving to 1-0 and on the season. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here Great defensive effort, great all-around performance. We just gave the player of the game to Taylor Delangelo, two touchdowns and an interception. Tell us a little bit about what you saw out of him tonight. Well, I actually made the joke with him. I said the first time that uh, your Uncle Mike touched the football on a college uh, football field, he returned at 99 yards <laughs> when he was at NMU. And uh, he you know, turns around and runs a kickoff back. And I, it, uh, I was proud of our kids. I, it... Um, I got on my halftime a little bit, and uh, for just for a couple of things, and um, they responded really well. I was proud of them. Defensively, you pitched a shutout. Uh, only I believe two or three first downs in total from Houghton. What do you think was the main key for that stinginess? Um, we got great kids. Um, I think we got a great coaching staff. Um, it uh, and I and I and I don't mean me. I mean and literally. It's you know, Coach Wilson uh, does one heck of a job. Uh, you know, with our D line, and um, you know, we brought in Bobby Zelke this year, who does our outside backers, and uh, Mitch uh, Messing. You know, he's been with me uh, for a while now, and uh, you know, it allows him to uh, concentrate on the DBs. And you know, when you get position coaches like that, it's hard to find coaches nowadays. And you know, uh, when you get good ones like that, and you know, and another one that we have is Seth Tackman. Seth Tackman helps out uh, Brad Wilgen in. Uh, and then Coach Earl Mann, we brought him, Coach Earl Mann, um, you know, who's obviously the father of Hayden and Garrett, and uh, he's a great guy, great guy. It, uh, I'm surrounded by great coaches. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate, and uh, they coach up our kids, and they do one, one heck of a job. And we, we talked in the preseason. You were kind of worried about a couple holes defensively you had to fill. Garrett Mann stepped up. Chad Pullman stepped up. What you see out of some of those younger guys that had to play for the first time? Well, I, I tell you what, that, uh, you know, I was with Garrett when we brought him up, and uh, he came up, and after the first practice, it was a defensive practice, that we ended up bringing him up for to take a look at him. And, and I literally turned to his dad and said, if I would have known he's this good at linebacker, he would have been up at the beginning of the year. Um, he's a very smart kid, very coachable kid, uh, you know, and he's filling the hole uh, that, you know, Ethan Holmes vacated. And uh, those are some pretty big shoes to fill, but... Uh, tell you somebody else there on both sides of the ball that's a little bit of a different player this year is Ashton Bergman um, he's he's got a little bit of a mean streak to him and you know I was really happy to see him running hard tonight and breaking tackles and uh, juking people when he had to and and uh, he did really well well coach we appreciate the time congratulations on the win thank you very much that was coach Scott Sergula of the Westwood Patriots joining us here on the coaches show I like how he pointed out Ashton Bergman running angry. You know, you see guys, you hear that all the time, running angry. They're downhill runners. 
Ashton Bergman took it to another level last night from last year, being able to break tackles. He just looked like a guy defenders didn't want to tackle. Adrian Peterson ran like that, mm-hmm. or it did back when he was like more on the top of his game. You know, <laughs> maybe like once every ten carries he'll get like that. Yeah, now. Mm-hmm. but uh, you know, good for Ashton. I think. Uh, you know, I think Beckman gets a lot of the hype because he's, you know, he's a good quarterback and he leads the offense. But and Bergman's more seen as the uh, the side guy, maybe mm-hmm. like the right hand guy, and he did uh, he did really well last night. Right, and uh, we also have to give a big shout out to Donkers here in downtown Marquette. They just delivered breakfast for us, and I think this is already my favorite coach's show now. Well, yeah, I mean, whenever you get free food, you know, you gotta. Give a shout out to them and uh, Donkers. Uh, I think it's one of the best breakfasts, you know, in Marquette. So good, it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What'd you get? Uh, look, uh, we got some cinnamon raisin French toast on my side, and you have an omelet of some sort. Trailhead omelet. All right, it's delicious. Did good. you try yours yet? I had I had a bite or two. Yeah, delicious. Mm. It's pretty good. Good. That's good to hear. All right. Because they're giving us free food, and we appreciate it. Donkers, thank you so much. I was going to ask you, uh, game is at Tech. What do you think of the field? And Good uh, in terms of the turf. Yeah. Looked very nice. They did everything nice up there. Um, they have a new logo. They have the new Michigan Tech logo at midfield, and it looks like a different material. It looks like it's sticking out like you would trip on it, but you don't. It's an optical illusion or something. Interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, well, Westbrook got to play on a college field, and we're successful, mm-hmm. so there you go. That's right, and uh, in our pregame interview, Coach Sergila uh, talked about Houghton's actual facilities because they had to go to there to change, and he said those facilities that are being built that are almost done are just as nice as Michigan Tech's, so Houghton's doing it up really nice once that gets opened up. So the Gremlins will have something to look forward to next year. Yes, yes. Also, one final surprising note. Uh, for the Westwood game, uh, they threw the ball 11 times. That's got to be a record for them. 11 I, times. I don't think I've ever seen a team that... Ru- I mean, they're a big running team. I mean, that's just kind of how they go, but 11 times? That's... I mean, Nagani only threw, I think, the ball. Yeah, well, Westwood, times. you know, they, yeah. they would, if they, if Coach Sergila had his way, he would not throw the ball. He would just run it every time. So Serge is like a Woody Hayes kind of guy. Yeah, kind of. But he's nicer to his players. <laughs> he doesn't punch no, opposing players. Not in the even face. close. They love him. Yeah. Speaking of his players, uh, we were able to catch up with one of Westwood's former players, Tabin Filizetti, uh, one of the best offensive linemen last year. Uh, he's now playing at Finlandia this year. He came up to the booth at halftime, talk about his experience, what he's seeing out of these young Patriots, kind of the difference between high school and college football. We are joined now by a special guest, a Westwood alum, Tabin Filizetti, now of Finlandia. Tabin, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. It's a great honor. How does it feel to be on the other side watching the Patriots? It's completely different. You know, you walk in and you see the coach giving them the little pump-up speech in the beginning and kind of gets you a little pumped up, a little throwback to uh, back when I was playing. And it's definitely a weird feeling. Can't really explain it, but it just kind of hits you close and it's like, I'm done with that now. That chapter in my life is over with. What are some of the things you miss most about being with this team? Definitely the camaraderie. You know, the team at Finlandia is so close already, but having, like, the guys together for four years, you know, basically the same team playing back-to-back, you know, you know everybody's story, you know. 
you know, where everybody's coming from, you know, how everybody's going to play. You know, you know everybody's weakness, you know everybody's strengths, so you know basically what's going to happen during the game, that you've got to have that person's back. And the fact that it was just so close in high school all the time, being moved up as a sophomore was a, a great experience as well because we got to uh, get, again, closer with the older guys, and they kind of led us to where we needed to be and showed us where we needed to be and kind of set the bar for us for the future games. Mm-hmm. So definitely the camaraderie is what I miss the most. Well, tell us a little bit about what's your experience been like at Finlandia so far. Oh, man, it's uh, it's a grind, but it's it's a great grind, and you got to love it because – it's the coaches are awesome and um it's just all football all the time you know 7 30 wake up for breakfast 8 30 team meeting walkthroughs lifting lunch practice dinner repeat you know we usually have a late night meeting but we got that night off today so that was a pretty good blessing but you know advantage is up there so we're still working out with the advantage and uh it's it's pretty good you know what are some of the biggest differences you notice between the high school practices with coach sergila and then your finlandia practices oof um the size difference is a huge factor. You know, being at the next level, you see a lot of bigger guys than you would at the high school level. But um, another big difference would probably be the intensity of how you play. College is just so fast, and everybody knows what, they do, what they're doing. And uh, everybody's going 120% all the time, you know, to where 100%. You know what I mean? There's just that extra level of uh, enthusiasm and excellence that college has. Mm-hmm. We're here with Tabin Filizetti, former Westwood Patriot. So if you, you've watched your former teammates build up a 28 nothing lead, what have you seen so far? I've seen a couple great runs. Um, Ashton Bergman, he's doing good tonight. He's, he's blocking his heart out. The offensive line is definitely putting in work, you know, being a little bit undersized for the, MPs, or for the uh, Westpac A now. And um, it, the, they overcome that so fast. The, the adversity that they have to overcome is just amazing to see the offensive line push them back like that right off the ball two or three yards every play just the effort they're given is just insane and obviously you can see it's paying off 28 to zero but uh the work they're putting in is definitely paying off so if you had to give a, a little advice to some of those undersized linemen because you never had a problem with being one of the bigger linemen what would you say is a way that smaller guys can get an advantage principle always follow your principle whatever the t- whatever the coach says he knows what he's talking about you block on principle. So if this person, you have to know your assignments and more than just yourself, know everybody's assignments, where they're going to block for, how they're going to block. Wise, um, you should probably, the best thing I can really just say is feet. You block with your feet. You know, that's what they always say. You block with your feet, not your hands at the high school level. And um, foot, use your foot. Mm-hmm. It's just a great thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, Taven, we appreciate the time. Good luck in yeah. Finlandia this year. Yeah, thank you very much. That was Tabin Filizetti, former Westwood Patriot, joining us on the broadcast last night. Always great to get those guys coming back and interesting to hear their different perspective. Yeah, it, um, a lot of kids like to reminisce about their high school days, and uh, you don't really get to see or talk to people and compare a high, your high school career to your college mm-hmm. career, how different they are. So that was a cool little segment. All right, and now we will welcome on head coach Dion Brown of the Gwynn Model Towners. He is joining us. They won last night over Bark River Harris. Coach Dion, can you hear us? Yes. Thanks for so much for joining us, and congratulations on the win last night. Uh, tell us a little bit. It was 36-20. to 20. Tell us a little bit how things unfolded. Well, um, got off to a great start. Um, Bark River Harris bounced back. I think they actually took the lead 8-6. to six. Then after that, um, we kind of buckled down on the defense side the second quarter and took a 20-8 to eight lead at halftime. Um, 
Then I think they scored again. Then we scored, and it was kind of back and forth. And then we got a few stops at the end in the fourth quarter. But uh, it was pouring down rain. I mean, really bad. So that was that kind of limited us a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. And Rock River played. They played tough. You know, that's the that's a hard team to prepare for two weeks for a season opener because they run a lot of that wing tee with the jet motion and the trap, the dive, the belly off tackle, the end waggle. So um, I got to give a shout-out to my guys. We, uh, we we executed well on offense. Eastern still was a little poor down the stretch, but other than that, I mean, a win is a win. Dion, uh, when I talked to you before the season, you said you are going to introduce everybody to Danny Holmes. How was his introduction? Uh, it was okay. It was okay. The defensive side of the ball, he played well. Uh, offensively, he kind of struggled a little bit with the, some of the route combinations, but Austin Ford picked up huge for Picked up huge. So, um, they was kind of rolling coverage a little bit to Austin, I mean, to Tucker and, uh, Danny's side. So that left Austin with some one-on-one, and Austin, he had some really, I think he had three really big catches for us. You're also breaking in a brand new quarterback with Caleb Anderson. How would you assess his first game? Oh, it was an eight. He, he managed the game well, had some really big passes, great play action reads off our RPOs. So I give him an eight, an eight plus. Your uh, nephew is uh, a running back on the team. How do you think he did? Oh, uh, he, he had maybe two carries. I rotated him in a little bit, but Seth Aho was hot. Last okay. night, so you know you don't want to change mm-hmm. a running back who's who got you over. I think probably about two hundred yards. So I kind of just rotated in. I got him a few carries. Uh, he rotated in a little bit on defense side of the ball. He's only a sophomore, so he still got he's got a long way to go. How would you describe Seth as a runner? Uh, how did he get those two hundred yards? Uh, the offensive line did great combo blocking. You know, stretch stretch plays. We ran good. Communication was great. But if you know Seth the way I know Seth, Seth is probably the hardest working kid on the team. Squatting over like 450 pounds, could bench press over 250. He's a tough little guy, tough guy. And he's got probably two sore shoulders that he's dealing with. And he, he's tough, man. He's tough. And Dion, before we let you go, were there anything you, you saw in that game that you thought needs to be corrected before you get into next week? Yes. Our D line, you know, we still got we still have a few guys that's out, so we got to fix our D line, and this will be a good week to fix it. Good this week and next week, uh, we got a few good kids that's out with suspension and being concussion issues, so we hope to get those guys back. But the D line, the D line has to be fixed. So I got to rotate a few extra guys and hopefully get another guy healthy, and then wait for my other nephew to get from hmm. suspension. So. That's my biggest concern is my defensive line. Well, Dion, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Coaches Show. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Appreciate it. Once again, that was Dion Brown, headman for the Model Towners. So look at that. He's pretty excited after week one. Well, a lot of his guys played well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Seth had a big game. Uh, Caleb did pretty well at quarterback. Austin Forbes, who was the quarterback last mm-hmm. year because Caleb got injured, he you know made some nice catches. It seemed like it was just a good all-around victory. I mm-hmm. mean, I know he had some concern on the D-line, but 
you end up with a nice win, two t- two touchdown win. It's hard to top that. On the road, too. On the road, yeah. You'll take that. Oh, yeah. We've got more of the Coaches Show, the Saturday morning Coaches Show. We're glad you woke up with us. Uh, when we come back, we will talk with Coach Paul Jacobson from Nagani. Stick with us here on ESPN-UP. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. This is Justin Farley from the Bjork and Funeral Home. Being a former athlete, I always enjoy the support that has been shown throughout the local community for our local teams. Those positive cheers and endless support is a constant reminder to the athletes that their hard work does not go unnoticed. I'd like to say thank you to all of the athletes for working hard in the classroom, at practice, and in the field of play. The Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home supports and appreciates all of your efforts. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us here on your Saturday morning. Blake Froling and Ryan Steeg with you here on the Saturday morning Coaches Show. How's your donkers? It was good. Um, Devoured about, it already. I, I'm about halfway through it. I'm doing it, uh, kind of pacing myself okay. a little bit. I don't know what that means. You don't I, know what that is? I can't pace myself when it comes to food. I, it's I just normally in, don't, but it's an hour show, so we gotta. Okay, you know. that's a that's a fair point. All right, so let's bring on our next coach. He is Nagani head coach Paul Jacobson. Coach, thanks so much for joining this, us this morning. Hey, thank you. So tell us a little bit about the win. You got the uh, your, or excuse me, the loss. It was twelve to nine uh, against Iron Mountain, a close game all the way. Tell us a little bit about what happened there towards the end. Oh man, <laughs> that's a that's a broad question, man. Uh, no, it was uh, it was a good game. You know, when it came down to it, uh, um, you know, they made more plays than we did when it came down to it. Uh, you know, my name Marcus Johnson had a uh, had a good game. You know, he extended plays a lot of times and was able to find an open receiver. And that's uh, pretty much short long of it. We got to we had to, we needed to be able to uh, limit their opportunities and, and be able to contain Marcus a little better than what we did. When I talked to you after the game, uh, you talked about how the offensive line did a really good job making holes for Peyton. And, you know, do you still feel the same way? Yeah, I watched the film a couple times, and I thought we executed pretty well up front. And we, we played well enough to win. I think where we stalled out a little bit, our, our red zone offense, um, we didn't, we didn't uh, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't score when we needed to. We, we, we stalled out in red zone too many times, and, you know, in big games like that, you have to put points on the board, and uh, you know, there's a couple opportunities we came up short in the red zone. And you can't do that. What are a couple adjustments you think you could make with that red zone offense that could get things clicking again? <laughs> well, that's, that's what keeps us employed, right? Uh, uh, a lot. I mean, we got to we got to be better. First of all, we had some drop passes in the red zone, and we thought that, that it could have been caught. Uh, 
you know, just execution. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing is, is, uh, is things that we did or did not do well um, that, that stalled us out. Going into the, you guys got Kelly Met coming up next week. Uh, what do you think you expecting from them? Uh, they, they've been pretty, kind of pretty much similar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of a good team. You know, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, we had a barn burn with them here last year uh, at our house, and um, we know they're be well coached, well prepared. Uh, you know, they're a tough physical team like they always are. And, um, it's been a great game over the last several years, and I expect nothing different this week. Mm-hmm. You have Jason Waterman coming back, a quarterback this year under center. Uh, how would you assess his performance last night? You know, I thought I thought he uh, I thought he made good decisions. First of all, you know, he uh, he had some. Uh, I thought he threw the ball well, and I thought he ran the ball well, and um, you know, as good as we expected. He's got to continue to to, to work on the little things technique wise with him. You know, sometimes he has a has a tendency to want to ad lib technique wise, but uh, he's going to continue to improve and continue to get better. After the week one, you feeling still pretty good? Or? Well, you know, half the teams in the state of Michigan today woke up happy and half didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never want to you never want to lose the first one. You know, and and uh, you know, Armand is a good team and they're gonna win some games this year. There's no question about it. With athletes, uh, you know, Charlie Gerhardt at one point, Marcus Jen just kind of threw it up in the air, and Charlie Gerhardt came down with it. I mean, you got a Division two. Uh, UP champion and a high jump, I think, and, and a hurdling champion possibly. But you know he's a, a tremendous athlete, and, and, and to have the ability to be able to do that, that's going to win them some ball games alone. So you know, coming into it, yeah, we're we're upset. You know, we like to lose, but we we know it's early in the season yet. And we have to be able to uh, continue to improve and and uh, you know evaluate ourselves. Evaluate first of all, it's, you know, we're in here this morning as coaches. You know, everyone's watched it several times already the game last night, and we're, and we're trying to get ourselves better. First of all, what we need to work on in practice and whatnot, and and uh, where we can get better, improve, and get a win next week. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you waking up for us. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Coach's Show. Hey, thank you guys. Have a good week. You too. All right. That was Coach Paul Jacobson from Nagani. Appreciate him joining us. Now, you were at that game. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you saw. It was wet. wet? Just like, just like, just like uh, where you were at. Um, I think maybe uh, the wet field, it was sloggy. I think it kind of kept both teams from generating the amount of offense that they normally would. It was um, Nagani scored on their first drive, got a bad punt from Iron Mountain, and went literally straight up in the air. I think it went like wow. maybe five yards or something like that. He, he And they uh, did quick word the drive. Waterman scored from five yards out. Um, Peyton, had a, Peyton Anderson had a big game, 95 yards rushing. I know it's not a... Ashton Bergman or a Tanner Delangelo light game, but he was when he found an opening, you know, he took off. He's a very bruising guy, mm-hmm. um, so he had a pretty solid game. Um, Nagani kicked a field goal. I told it. He kicked a field goal. Nagani is one of like the few teams in the UP that actually has a kicker who can actually kick, um, and they, like I said at the beginning of the show, that was the clock. Issue mm-hmm. <laughs> they're having, but they're still able to get out of clock field gate. Goal. Is yeah. that what we're calling it? Yep. Uh, they were able to get off a field goal. They have eleven nine nothing at the half, um, and then Johnson just managed to find his groove. Uh, the first touchdown Iron Man- Mountain got on that throw to Gerhard, he was Johnson was going back to pass, and Nagani blitzed, and Johnson got the pass off right before he was just crushed. Like, we're talking driving the guy basically backward oh. into the turf. It was a huge hit. But Garrett was wide open, 
and mm-hmm. took it 55 yards to the house. So, you know, now they've cut into their deficit. It's 9-6 now. Um, and then Johnson, to start the fourth quarter, busted loose down the far sideline, 32 yards, touchdown. Ironbound took the lead. Um, Nagani had a chance. They had a good uh, thing going, but their drive stalled out. Um, and then Iron Mountain got deep into Nagani territory. Had On fourth down, had Nagani made a stop there, they would have had a, a ways to go. You know, it was a long mm-hmm. field, but they still had an opportunity. And uh, um, Johnson found Tony Fiera. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, for a, He was open and broke a tackle for... And got the ball, I think, down to the Nagani six, and Iron Mountain ran out the clock. So, well, with Iron Mountain, it seemed like everybody said last year wasn't going to happen again this year. Their JV team last year was dominant. I think they went undefeated. You bring those athletes up to the varsity level, and you're going to get a better Iron Mountain team. And I think you you saw that firsthand last night. Um, they definitely have some playmakers. I think Iron Mountain, like a lot of teams, are hit hard by injuries. They didn't have a, didn't have as many kids come out as they normally do uh, last year. And uh, when injury when that happens, injuries will really burn you, and that's what ha- happened to them. But they got some good playmakers. Johnson, of course, people know him as more of a basketball player. Right. But, but he's just a good all-around athlete. Like Paul said about Gerhard, High jump champion. I'm pretty sure he won the hurdles too. Mm-hmm. Um, so a good athlete there, and just they got guys who can compete and make plays. Like Paul said, uh, they can extend plays and burn you. I mean, Iron Mountain had a hard time in the first half getting something going, but once they got stuff clicking, they were hard to stop. Right. It was nine nothing in the first half yeah. after Jason Waterman had the touchdown. Then the their, their field, field goal. goal, the apparently controversial the clock, the clock field goal issue. Yeah. So uh, Nagani still has things to work on, but I don't think this is. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say this is a big red flag for them. No, this is. They played. Uh, Iron Mountain was supposed to be better this year, and uh, they showed it. It was a tight game. Nagani looked good at times. It's just as if you haven't read my game recap. Pick up a copy of the mining. Journal. There you go. There, you know, Got shameless, your plug in. shameless plug there. But uh, I talked about how they were in con- Nagani was in control for the majority of the game, but it was the big plays, mm-hmm. and that's what ended up burning them in the end. And but other than that, I thought Nagani played pretty well overall. Um, so no, no hitting the panic button after week okay, one. Good. No, I don't no. think any team should. No, no, not after week one. Um, you know, we're. In, not not like the normal show where we do our preseason game. Yes, don't don't overreact. <laughs> yeah, like we do to yeah, NFL preseason. We're uh, yeah, Nagani's gonna be fine. They got good players. You know, just because they lost their first game doesn't mean the season's already over. Right, exactly. We have more of the Saturday morning coaches show coming up in a couple minutes. Two more coaches left: Jeff Olson from Ishmaing, Dave LaHillier of Marquette, both coming on the way. I'm going to keep munching on this Donkers because it is absolutely delicious. Make sure, once you're done listening to the show, then you can go to Donkers, get some food for yourself, or bring in your phone with the ESPN UP app available for free on iPhone and Android and stream it while you eat. How about that? There's a good technique. A little bit of both there. So thanks again for spending some time with us on your Saturday. We have a couple coaches left. Stick with us here on ESPN UP. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses, 
be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Got a couple more coaches for you here on the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Blake Froling and Ryan Steeg with you. We'll get to Ishmael head coach Jeff Olson in just a moment. They beat Manistique 52 to nothing last night. Scored 38 points in the first quarter. First quarter? Yeah. Wow. It's, I mean, it's almost hard to do that. There's just not enough time. Um, let's just say their running game was pretty effective. Uh, Westwood's was good, as you talked about. Uh, Ishming's was just a little shorter of uh, Westwood's total. Uh, 368 yards, I believe, is the final count. Slackers. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, just effective. Gavin Sundberg, I had two huge runs, two touchdowns off of it. Two two carries for 114 yards, I believe. So both both of his runs That's were, efficient. Yeah. Didn't he really need to do much the rest of the day. No. Um Hunter Smith did good uh you know, um good at the two point conversions as well. Hunter uh, Smith, did he have three touchdowns that I read that correctly? I believe he did, yes. A two short yardage, and he cut a pass from uh, Sunberg. Not a bad way to start the season. No, uh, I, you know, Manistique. Sorry, Emeralds fans. They're just they're struggling. Um, but fifty-two to nothing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, can you top that? Really? Maybe if you hit sixty. I mean, fifty-three to nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like statistically wise, you know. Like, yeah. After a while, it's all kind of the same. Yeah. Isn't I it? mean, like. I guess if you just win by 70, I guess maybe that's... 100? Yeah. Triple digits? Yeah. I mean, you can statistically top that, but right. I mean, when you're at the end of yeah. the day... Good point. Yeah. So while we're uh, waiting a few moments here, why don't we get to some of the other scores outside of our little area here. Gladstone beat St. Ignace 26-14. to Escanaba lost its first game of the season on the road at Alpena 30-21. to That's a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, for a team that went pretty far in the playoffs last year. You know, they lost some of their, their seniors from last year who were big contributors, but uh, maybe Alpina's just loaded. Yeah, stumbled to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calumet beat uh, Gogebic 48-6. to We had Hancock in a thriller beating Lons 28-27. That might have been, like, the best overall game in yeah. the Yeah, I'm looking at some of these scores, and in terms of just being close games... That was the closest. That was, yeah, from what I heard, it was a pretty good game, kind of a back-and-forth affair. Um, you know, I, if you're a Lance fan, <laughs> I think you can be happy. Even though you ended up on the short end, you can mm-hmm. be happy. You only lost by one. Um, Munising uh, lost 14 to nothing. I don't know if you saw that. They lost to West Iron County. Right. Um, uh, Munising actually did 
pretty well on defense. It was more so mistakes where it kind of burnt them. Um, both of their of Western's touchdowns were on a short field caused by turnovers. So take those out of the way. Defensively, you know, Musin looks solid. Is just I think it might have been just week one. Like a lot of team, a lot of teams aren't necessarily really on the top of their game yeah, week it's one. Tough. So I think that's when I talked to Jeff Seberg about it, and he said, you know, these are stuff that you can fix. You know, it's week one. Long way to go. So well, case in point, uh, Westwood. Their first offensive play, holding on the offense, back them up. I think they had five or six penalties, and I'm sure there were teams all over the place that were doing that too. Yeah, it. Uh, they were not the only one. Some penalties, some turnovers. Big story um, that I did not mention: defending Division Two, eight-man champ Forest Park got lit up last night by Superior Central. Look at that, 46-24. Yeah. I mean, I when I talked to Sam Eggleston, he's the head coach at Superior Central, he told me that, you know, they just missed making the playoffs last year. He said they had the athletes, he thought, to, you know, get that playoff spot. Seeing as though they just took down the defending state champs, I think they got that. If you're looking for a statement win, yeah. that's a statement win. Yeah. How, how to start your season, mm-hmm. Superior Central did a great job. Uh you know, it's in the paper today. Again, shameless plug. Good. Yeah. Make John sure Brancic from Escanaba wrote the recap there, um, edited by me. So there's, you know, my plug. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. Um, but, yeah, great for Superior Central. I, I've been hoping for them to, you know, get that playoff bid for a while now because I think they've had the talent. Mm-hmm. It's just eight, there's so many good eight-man teams up here. You always can talk about North Central and Forest Park. But there's, you know, just spread out. And now with the Great Eight, I believe it's the Great Lakes Eight. I can't remember. I like the Great Eight better. Yeah, we'll just do the Great Eight. Um, you know, they're in the Eastern Division. I wouldn't exactly think of M Junction as an Eastern part of the, the Upper Peninsula, but that's where they got stuck. And all the teams in that division made the playoffs last year. So heading in the year, the Cougars were at a, you know, kind of disadvantage that they all the playoff teams are on their end mm-hmm. but when you take down the defending state champs i think you've basically said that you're okay so that brings me to our poll question i think that inspired it yeah which team had the best statement win yeah that's going to be my question so i think the nominees would be superior central yep over uh forest park defending champs um who else do we want to put on that uh do we do, put ishming yeah want to put yeah all right, I'm writing it down. Uh, uh, Westwood, I would say, up there. Okay. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to type and talk and focus at the same time. Okay, I'll, go at, I'll go at a slower pace. Okay, ish, pa, Okay, okay. <laughs> and then we could do Westwood. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, do you want to do Gwen? We talked to Dion. Dion was happy. Let's do Gwen. Okay. Gwen over Bark, Bark River, River Harris. Harris. And then, are we just doing four or are we doing five? Uh, Twitter only lets me do four. four. Okay. So there's your answer. All right. So there you go. Superior Central over Forest Park. Gwen over Bark River Harris. Oh, this is going to be tough with the character limits. Do you, want to just, you could just do BRH. I did that. Okay. I like how we're doing commentaries for 220. I can't even put the scores because there's... No room. Yeah. So, we'll just, you know, there you go. I mean, you can just say, 
based on the teams, you know who won. What do you think? So this is interesting commentary we got going on. Who would here. you pick in this one? I'd go with Superior Central. I mean, Westwood and you know, Westwood looked good in Week One. Ishmael looked good in Week One. Um, Gwen, it was nice to them to open with win, but I'd go with Superior Central just because they took down the defending state champs in their first game. Um, that'd be just mine. Maybe other people have a different opinion. Feel free to vote in the poll. Just put it up. Yeah. That's on ESPN UP's Twitter. Use the hashtag Saturday Coaches Show. Just invented that one. Pretty clever. <laughs> nice. Go go on and vote. Uh, Ryan's vote uh, will be up there shortly, I would assume, with Superior Central over Forest Park. That's a tough one to beat, I think. If I mean, a, a lot of the wins are like big, you know. They're lopsided. They're lopsided. So you can make the case that, well, they won in a blowout. That's a big statement. Or you can go the Spear Central route and that they made, you know, not only put up a lot of points, but took down a great team like Forest Park. So that's my vote. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought all four of them had pretty big statement wins. Well, we'll go back to the results towards the end of the show. And update everybody, yep. and you can go vote right now. Give you some time, um, you know. But uh, getting back to Ishming, you know, just wait. Great way to start the year. You really, <clears throat> like we said, statistically, you could probably surpass a fifty-two point win. Right. But you know, you gotta. Be, Jeff's gotta be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Did they come out injury-free? I believe they did. If I remember talking to Jeff, I think they said there were no injuries. So if, for a team that was at one point down to nine players, um, you're hoping that you don't start off that way. So. Right. So Manistique has not won, I believe, since the end of the 2015 season. Is that correct? I believe so. What do you think are some of the reasons for that? I've been trying to figure that out for quite some time. It's with... Because there's some good athletes there, and a lot of the athletes there play multiple sports. So I guess maybe it's because so many of them play so many sports. Maybe there's like a slight, I don't know, exhaustion factor. I don't know if that really plays into play, but maybe there's something there. Or it's just they're a smaller school. Maybe they're not getting as much out of it. It's it's hard to really say. I've... You know, people have told me that they've struggled in football for quite some time now. So, it's, again, big question mark for me. Uh, maybe <laughs> I, I thought maybe by my fourth year I'd been able to figure it out, but uh, when I've asked other people, they can't really give me a straight answer either. So, and it's yeah, it's got to be tough for them. But that means they've they've got to be the hungriest team in the UP, right? <laughs> to get that first win, yeah, yeah. you got to be think they're eager. Um, but you know, I. I think there's so many lopsided scores, you know, that people kind of just forget about them. And mm-hmm. but they they could make a comeback. They could bring the program back up again, but it'll just take a little work. So if you're just joining us, we'll give you a quick recap of some of the local scores. If you're just rubbing the cobwebs out right now, Westwood went on the road to Houghton and won 42 to nothing. Gwyn also got a road win over Bark River Harris, 36 to 20. Nagani lost to Iron Mountain 12-9. to Ishbaming knocked over, blew out, destroyed Manistique 52 to nothing, And Traverse City St. Francis beat down Marquette 42-3. to Now, if we had to look at individual performances from, from some of the stats that you've heard, who do you think are some of the nominees for who had the best individual performance? We could definitely throw ta- um, Delangelo. Taylor Delangelo. Taylor Delangelo, you could throw him out there. Um... Gavin Sundberg 
Got a pretty good game for Ishming with his two big runs. Yeah, efficient. He had the most efficient night. I yeah, think that's a uh, yeah. runaway. Uh, maybe answer. not like straight up biggest night, but he had the most efficient night. Um, I'm trying to think overall. Uh, Marcus Johnson from Iron Mountain, two huge plays that he made that basically won the game for Iron Mountain. Um, let's see. I I mean Delangelo. You want to throw Bergman in there for Westwood? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Two teammates going at it. I think it has to be Delangelo because he did it in all three facets, facets yeah. of the game. He had, if you're just joining us, 184 rush yards last night. He had a rushing touchdown. He had a kick return touchdown, and he had an interception. If someone had a better all-around performance, I would love to hear it because they deserve that kind of airtime because that's tough to beat. It really is um, to be that good in all three facets mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, it's it's hard to top them. There are a lot of kids who had really big nights, but it's when you get down to it, it's kind of hard to top that. So we've got some early returns. People are already voting on this poll, all right? This is going to be contentious. You ready? Yeah. So far, 50% say Superior Central over Forest Park. 33% say Ishpeming over Manistique. And 17% say Gwyn over Bark River Harris. Oh, no Westwood stuff? No Westwood yet. It's early. That's early. Okay, there's still time in the show. Right. There's plenty of time. we got 15 minutes here. Yeah. So keep voting. ESPNUP.com. Go vote on our poll. For all you people who don't look at Twitter, I will post the link on Facebook. How about that? That Just to make you guys happy. I think um, at one time, I think it might have been, was it with you and me? When we did the show and Escanaba made a massive comeback. Oh, yeah. In the poll. Yeah, they saw they were down and they're like, all right, guys, let's go. Yeah, and we, then, we like, did it. Yeah, we did it like 9 10, and uh, Escanaba's in fourth place, and by the end of the thing, they won pretty handedly. So, hey, if you're, if you're a big Superior Central backer, keep voting. If your team is, you know, behind right now, you're still time to come back. So, it's. But week one's fun. I, I'm glad football started. Oh, we needed it so bad, didn't we? Well, our show Friday, wasn't it like, I would say, 75 80% football? That's how it should be. Yeah. It's football season. Feels good to be back. Well, it was yeah. football weather right away on day one, too. Uh, yeah. Um, the rain was not pleasant. I got to stay in the press box, for the most part. Um, uh, As did I. Yeah. But at the end of the game is like when it decided to go from rain to downpour while I was out there, so I left soaked. So mm-hmm. the writer got out of the press box. He got wet, too, so just like the hey, fans, I participated. Do it for the people, right? Exactly. Journalism. Love it. For the brand. For the brand. That's your brand. <laughs> Appreciate you uh, sacrificing. Yeah, I do what I can. <laughs> we have more of our coaches show here on our Saturday morning We'll talk some Marquette with head coach Dave LaHillier. Stick with us here on ESPN-UP. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Are you looking for a new vehicle with a payment that fits your budget? UP Catholic Credit Union is here to help. The Payment Saver Program is a low payment alternative to a traditional loan or lease. It offers lower monthly payments, no down payment, 
and a flexible loan term that ranges from 36 to 72 months. It's a perfect fit for anyone looking for a vehicle five years old and newer. Call UP Catholic Credit Union or visit us online for more information about the newest, easiest way to be in the car of your dreams. The Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The barbecue bacon Big Boy and fully loaded Big Boy, U.S. 41 Marquette. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Here's Blake Froling. Wrapping things up here on our Saturday morning Coaches Show. About 12 minutes left in the morning. Glad you could join us. Blake Froling, Ryan Steeg with you. Want to give a shout-out to Kellen Buddy. He's hyping up our poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So go and vote on it. Thanks for that, Kellen. Yeah, we need it. We need all the support. And thanks for everybody who are liking our tweet. Uh-huh. You know, People are paying attention this morning. I know it's early on a Saturday. But it's it's that first football yeah. Saturday. There's college football today too. Did you know that? Yeah, um, I was talking to some friends the other day. Is this? Do you count this as week one for the college football season, or do you only go by when the big games start? This is week zero. Oh, really? This is week zero. That's what I would call it. Okay, there's still teams playing. Isn't this technically week one though? Well, no, <laughs> because there's only about five games and if you look at the slate it's not exactly marquee matchups all over here okay so this is a week it counts is is it just because college game day is not at a place good point so there's no weeks then there's week zero and then there's week one you want to give it like a week point five maybe because there are games week point five okay we could do that week and a half week half week half (laughs) it's like a Pre one, pre one. Something like that. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, it, I I I count it, mm-hmm. but other people don't. I'm yeah. okay with that. So let's get to our final coach of the morning, Dave Lahillier. Marquette lost to Traverse City St. Francis, forty-two to three. Things got going early for TC St. Francis with a big run. Big quarterback run for a touchdown on the second play of game. Seems like Marquette just couldn't get it back after that. Yeah, and when you give up a big run to start, it just kind of sucks the wind out of your sails. And uh, I think that happened at least twice where big runs burn Marquette. And when you're facing a good team like TCSF, which is consistently one of the better programs in the state, you know, you're already kind of at a disadvantage right there. And then... You know, it just kept building and building. Um, but I I would say, based on the score, don't just immediately dump Marquette on the year. I think they're a better team than what that score was. It just they're playing one of the better teams in the state, and when you have a consistently good program, you're going to have games like that. So don't hit the panic button yet, Redmond fans. It's just week one. So we think we have Coach on the line. Okay. Let's see. I might have messed it up. So okay. if he's not, I will take 100% of this blame. Coach LaHill, you're on the, on the line with us? Yes, all set. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here on the Coach's Show. 
Uh, it was 42-3 last night, and it was there was a big play we were just talking about uh, the, to start the game, uh, first or second play of the game for TC St. Francis. What was that like on your sideline in terms of, of a momentum shift that you saw? Yeah, I mean, we, we start out with a great kick to, uh, you know, pin them back to the start and drive the 20-yard line. And, uh, you know, first play, great play. Second play, all of a sudden, Again, we got guys in position to make a play, and they just we just didn't make a tackle. And um, obviously, Pascal is very good for your star as a quarterback. He's you know fast, elusive, but we made him look a lot better than, uh, than I think he really is. Offensively, Dave, what uh, what made you guys stumble a little bit? Well, you know, we just uh, we've been a little bit banged up. You know, Ethan Hayes, our starting fullback, was was already hurt his shoulder before the scrimmage. Uh, Drews really hasn't practiced very much coming off his ACL surgery. He's, you know, had some, uh, hamstring problems, so he really hasn't practiced much. Um, in fact, only practiced once this week to try to get his hamstring ready to go. Same with Ethan Martis. You know, he was out for probably three or four series last night. His hamstring tightened up again a little bit. Um, you know, we, we moved the ball well at times. We're just very consistent. Uh, you know, we start the, our second drive, we can catch the big pass and trips and, and falls in the seven yard line. You know, uh, on a goal route, he's got his ID. He's got his ID for five yards. He's walked, basically walking in the score. He's just involved. Um, you know, his hand kind of tightened up a little bit on him. Uh, sec, you know, then we uh, we get three off that drive. Um, drive the sec, you know, so late to, to end the half, we're running an option. Get the pitch right. Drew kind of pitches a little behind him to drop the ball. So, I mean, there's nobody out there. They didn't cover the pitch, and you know, we would have again, we could have walked in and scored on that one. Um, so that's two opportunities in the first half. We had two touchdowns in the first half that we didn't convert on. And the start the second half, we get the opening kickoff, we drive all the way down the field, and then we fumble the ball going in the two-yard line. You know, So at that point, it would have been 21-10. And then, of course, two plays later, instead of being 21-10, two plays later, pass that goes, whatever, he went 90-something yards on a third and nine. You know, so, I mean, all of a sudden it goes, instead of us being 21-10, not scoring from the two, and now it's 28 to 3. And, you know, so this, things like that just completely changed the game. Uh, we had a fourth and, we had a fourth and three. We picked up, you know, two and a half yards early. We get, uh, we had a fake punt that was wide open. And, uh, instead of, we were half a yard short of the fake punt. You know, so just little things like that just changed the momentum all the way through the game. It, was there anything really positive that you liked came out of the game? Uh, <laughs> yeah, again, it's just way too many mistakes. You can't make mistakes like that against a good team. You know, we, we yes, of course, we did some good things. You know, uh, we just couldn't get off the field in third nine. You know, we, we played really good defense on first and ten. You know, like I said, the, the long run the Paso had on, you know, to start the second half. Again, it's third and nine on their own, whatever it was, six or seven yard line. You know, we got them stopped. Just, just make a tackle and get off the field. And, you know, they're, they're punching into the wind. The first punt they had. The first punt went for, I think, negative, negative one yard or, or two yards. You know, went to, basically went sideways. Um, so, again, even if we just get them off the field, make them punt, we're going to have the ball close to midfield after coming off a fantastic drive. You know, so just little things like that. I mean, obviously, you know, again, we did some really good things. We just got to clean up our mistakes because you can't. It's not going to get easier next week. You know, Traverse State Central won 44 to nothing on, on Thursday night. So, our schedule doesn't have any breaks. You know, it's not going to get any easier. We just got to clean up our mistakes and uh, get you guys healthy. 
Well, Dave, we appreciate you t- coming on the show, waking up with us on this Saturday morning. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks. That was Coach Dave LaHillier from the Marquette Redmond joining us here on the Coach's Show. Kind of sounded similar in the way he described it to how he described last year's T.C. St. Francis game. They lost that one 21-7. It was those missed opportunities, especially early in the game, that could have switched things. Yeah, it could have been a very different game, but uh, just, you know, they didn't convert. They had good field position, didn't get that done. It, 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 Like I said, you know, I think... Don't get confused by the score. Don't be – it's – they're better than what happened there. As, you know, Coach Sahelier said, they had their chances. They just didn't execute. So, you know, take that going into next week. It, like he said, it doesn't get any easier. Central is, you know, just as good as St. Francis is. So that's – it's going to be a tough game for them. But mm-hmm. I think they'll learn from what happened in week one, and they'll be able to turn things around. Make sure – once the show is over, you head out to Donkers, pick up some of this delicious breakfast. We're going to keep endorsing this throughout the show. Hey, that's the idea. They bring us food. They bring us food. And we will and endorse. We'll endorse if anybody else out there wants to bring us food, we will endorse whatever product you have. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so easily bribed by food. It's by unbelievable. Food, yeah, I mean, like, whether it's, like, dessert food, breakfast food, lunch food. I'll take anything. Yeah, we'll, we'll take anything. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're open to charity for sure here at the ESPN studios. Let's update the poll results. Uh, some more votes streaming in. You can go on to our ESPN UP Twitter page. Go vote. Uh, we put the link on our Facebook as well if you're not a Twitter person. Uh, which team had the best statement win? 50% say it was Superior Central over Forest Park. 36% say it was Ishpeming over Manistique. And 14% say Gwen over Bark River Harris. Someone throw Westwood a vote. Yeah, maybe you should. Well, I can't vote. I'm. I have to be impartial. You have to be on. Yeah, but you were at the game, right? So if I voted for them, <laughs> wouldn't that make me a homer? Unless it's honestly what you think your opinion was. I don't know. It's a tight one. <laughs> honestly, if I had to pick Superior, I would pick Superior Central. Anytime you could beat a state champion, mm-hmm. I think that's a that's about as statement of a win <laughs> as you can get. It, it. I mean, I think a lot of teams looked really good in week one, but. When you upset a, when you take down a state championship in week one, and uh, Forest Park's just been a force for so long, it's that's a big way to start for the Cougars, who are kind of like a forgotten team mm-hmm. around the area. And uh, but good for them, right? Also, uh, we had a, we had a couple shootouts in eight man football, but most the biggest one, Stevenson beating Cedarville forty six to forty. Some of those eight man games can get pretty crazy. Smaller field, fewer players. I love watching that eight man. Yeah, it, it's different watching eight man just because the game is the style's so wacky. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see a lot of 40, 50 point games, um, a lot of a little more razzle dazzle looks. You know, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're going to see guys pile up a lot more yards. Um, you know, like you look at people like Gavin Sunberg at a big game, and Delangelo had a good game, Ashton Bergman had a good game. Just imagine if they were on an eight-man team. You know, Westwood had, what, 450 yards on the ground, hit the 500s, 600s. What's the highest total you can remember? I don't know. I haven't got to watch a whole lot of eight-man up here. I think I only got to cover, like, two games. And uh, one of them was Forest Park State Championship last year. Where they did not throw the ball once? Yeah. 
This rain the whole time. Which I think is the first time I've ever been at a football game where no, any the, game, any game where a pass was not attempted. Yep. But I guess if it's working for you, it did. They <laughs> so, won by yeah. like forty. Yeah. So may as well stick with what you got. Mm-hmm. So with that, Ryan, we're at the end. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Yep. And thanks for Donkers. Yes. Thank time. you, Donkers, for bringing in this delicious food. It was amazing. Go check them out. You are listening to ESPN UP WZAM Ishpeming Marquette.